Hello and welcome to the Ori Clark Audio Quick Guide, a straightforward conversation about a range of topics and issues commonly handled by Ori Clark experts for their clients. My name's Dominic Frisby, and joining me on today's episode is Chartered Accountant, Chartered Tax Advisor, and Head Honcho at Ori Clark, Andy Ori himself. Also with me is Chartered Accountant James Police, and we all like a bit of relief. And today's hot topic is tax relief, specifically R&D and VGTR. Now, I know what R&D is. I have no idea what VGTR is. It sounds like a sort of brand of video recorder or something. But anyway, we're going to start with R&D. So, James, let's kick off with you. Welcome to the show. What is R&D? What does it stand for? Off you go. Right. So, R&D stands for Research and Development. The scheme is the government's way of supporting companies which are engaged in certain activities they really want to encourage. It's one of the most generous schemes around. Uh, There's technically two schemes, but they operate in fundamentally the same way. Uh, Each one gives you a certain portion of your costs you spend on qualifying activities back. Back in cash. Yes, back in cash. That's important to note. In your bank account, (laughs) surprisingly. So if I spend £100 on r and I will get... £33 back for one of them and £10 back for the other one. So the way it works is the government basically says for every pound you spend on R&D, for tax purposes, you can treat it as £2.30. For your deduction in your tax return. And then they say if you've got any losses after this, you can apply a fixed rate and we'll give you cash at that rate. So if you take a simple example, you have a business that has no income and all it does is spend money on R&D and it's spent £100 on R&D, you can either have a loss of £230 to carry forward against future profit or you can, you can give up the whole loss, cash it all in and have £33 in your bank account. Does that make sense? It does make sense and I'm, I'm wondering why one bothers with profit when one can just spend the money on R&D. Well, I mean, it's an interesting point. I mean, the uh, the good thing is is that it enables businesses who are involved in R and D, and 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 the truth is, most businesses to some extent are involved in R and D to spend more on R and D. That the government's got this aim to you know get our expenditure way up or, as a country on R and D. We, we don't do that badly, but we're not that great at it either. So, yeah, it's it's really just a way to sort of broaden your budget. So most companies now, even when you raise money with venture capitalists. They, they put it in their budget now. They say, oh, well, you know, a third of our budget will be on technical development and we'll be getting money back. So, you know, your money's going to go further, which is good. Okay, James, why should I care? So it's one of the most straightforward ways of getting funds from the government available. You literally just have to submit a figure in your tax return and do some supporting documentation and they will either waive it through or they may come back to you with additional queries. There are actually a variety of lenders who are willing to give you an advance on the credit itself. So it's a very good source of cash if you need it fairly quickly. It is the quickest and easiest ways to raise money for your business. I mean, it, it really is. You can shorten your year end. So you you have to understand it's a grant. It is a government grant and they use the tax system as a way to administer and distribute that money. So it's done by, I've done a set of accounts. I have to file a tax return. 
you know, this is only for limited companies. It's important to say it's a limited company relief. I'm going to do a tax return. And then in my tax return, the government gives you money back 28 days within filing your tax return generally. So if you're a business and you're trying to raise money, raising money will generally, you want to do it in two months. It will take you six, but it was nine months to do it. So you can shorten your year end, you could do a quick set of accounts and you can quickly raise capital. And as James says, there are people who will, you know, give you the money even before that. They will lend it to you in advance on the basis that you're going to claim. And, you know, uh, irritatingly, it's not for anything artistic, unfortunately. So anything artistic of nature, even if it's R&D, is not considered R&D, which is kind of annoying. I, I was looking at um, a photographer who does very complicated shoots and stuff, but because there's an artistic nature, they won't give it to you. So even if the business is art? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, they don't consider art uh, or the aim of you know producing art, however technical that be, whether you did something incredibly technical, they're not going to give it to you. So if I'm a writer and I decide I'm interested in writing a book about Outer Mongolian flies and I take a trip to Outer Mongolia to look at Outer Mongolian flies, that doesn't count as R&D? That would maybe count as research, but the the clue is you've also got to develop something. So you'd have to research it and then build something which would have to have a commercial process. It would probably struggle because HMRC has some really specific definitions which you have to meet. They're broad definitions. So for, in your case, you're just going to be looking up someone else's research and saying, yep, yeah, I'm going to use this as the basis for my book. Okay. And then they would probably start asking questions. But if I was developing some new technology to do with Mongolian flies, <laughs> you know, some new aeroplane or yeah, something. An aeroplane for Mongolian flies, interesting. That's like, a different matter. Okay, well, not for the first time, HMRC has disappointed me. James, what are the things to really look out for? Uh, so as I said, there's two main things we re- you really have to focus on. First is that you meet the definitions of R&D and some, a couple of other supporting definitions, as HMRC says. As I say, they're broad, but if you're outside of them, you're outside of them and they will frown upon claims which don't meet them. So usually a company will have some element of R&D work. It tends to be more a question of, is the proportion of R&D work you're engaged in actually worth the time and effort to claim? So the way it works is HMRC says you can have a proportion of your costs. They then say the cost you're allowed to have, and there's then seven categories there, fairly straightforward. It's things like labour, subcontractors, chemicals you use in the R&D process. Uh, But the legislation is getting a little bit out of date and doesn't interact very well with the cloud software. So things which you may expect, such as servers and data storage, sadly fall outside. And it's usually a great disappointment to everyone involved. Yeah, I guess the point you're making is to be aware of what costs are eligible. And the costs that are eligible really fall down into people whether they be contracted or directly employed, you know, people involved in this development and people who are managing or indirectly involved looking after the research and development team. Outside of people, it's relatively limited what you can claim. You you can get a little bit of software, you can get something called consumables, which are things that are used up. So if we were manufacturing something physical, you know, and we were breaking lots of stuff to do it, um, then, you know, that would be allowable. 
and then you can get things like clinical trials. But really, when it comes down to it, what they're going to give you is, is the cost of people. And the good news is that it's the full cost of a person. So it's them plus tax, plus pension, plus expenses, plus the whole nine yards. Whatever it really costs to have this individual employed to conduct this activity, you know, you then look at what they've done and, and can do up a percentage of their time. You know, and the more good news is you don't have to have timesheets. They would like you to can assess it on a fairly sort of estimated basis, you know, which is helpful. And if you're thinking to yourself, oh, can I do R&D then or what? Um, I think the, the process to work through in your brain is within your business that you have a problem and that either yourself, if you have the technical knowledge, or you bring in someone who does have the technical knowledge within that sphere. So, you know, the problem is you want to make a braking system. So you talk to someone who knows a bit about brakes, you know, a competent professional. So, so you have a problem and a competent professional, which could be yourself, is uncertain how to solve that problem straight away. And the, and the solution is not in the public domain. So you're not sure how to solve it. Yeah, you've got some ideas, but you're not sure. R&D then begins, but it isn't R&D unless you either then fail and fail and you couldn't solve it, or you fail a bit and then you have an advancement. It's very important you either fail and give up or you advance. And advance means you create some sort of new knowledge. Some you, you learn something, you create something new. Now, that definition can normally apply to almost all businesses. Almost all businesses conduct R&D, except if you're like a consultancy business, you know, management consultants or, you know, accountants like us. It's, you know, it's quite hard to have R&D when you're advising people. But, um, the surprising thing is, is the majority of businesses do conduct some R&D. The question is then, is the sufficient cost being invested into it to be worth making a claim? I've got you. Right. I think we've done R&D and we are now going to do VGTR, which unless I'm mistaken, stands for Video Game Television remote control. <laughs> <laughs> Very close. It's video games tax relief. Yeah, I mean, VGTR is, is one of about eight reliefs. There's ones for films, there's ones for orchestras, and it's a raft of reliefs, most famous from the film tax relief, which had an enormous impact on the film industry in this country. So we talk about video games because we have more video games companies than others. But we do do some of the other reliefs as well, and they, they all work in relative the same sort of way. It's very similar to the R&D relief, where you take a portion of the costs spent on the, in this case, video game, and the government says you can treat it as more than it actually is for purposes of working out your tax. And then if you've got any losses, you can surrender them. It's slightly strange for video games, just purely due to how the government says you have to treat them for tax purposes which usually results in you being able to claim a credit even if you're profit-making overall. So films and video games, these are quite cost-heavy uh, projects and, and, and people often put them in little special companies. Um, and it's a bit like that. For tax, they, they look at each video game or film as a sort of separate separate little bubble. So you could be BP making a billion pounds a day or whatever they make, and you could still get cash back if you decided to go and develop a video game because that video game is a dead loss and it's costing you millions of pounds to produce it. The reason being is that, that the R&D strategy is about 
getting more value, more intellectual property into the UK, which has been shown that that makes you a wealthier nation. Nations that spend more on R and D make more money. Whereas VGTR is a lot about people. You know, R and D is peculiar that it allows the conduct of the work anywhere in the world. There is some allowance under the video games tax relief, for instance, for people outside of the UK to do some of the work. But what it's really trying to encourage is employment. Okay, so how difficult is it to do? The VGTR claim, it's relatively straightforward, similar to the... I'm going to keep referring back to that. Basically, you work out the portion of eligible expenditure and then you put a figure in your tax return. The main difference is that before you can make a claim, you have to apply to the British Film Institute, and I don't know why it's the British Film Institute, for a certificate that your game is British. It has to contain beef eaters. Yes, that's that one of the criteria. That would give you a point or two. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 25 points overall and you have to get 16. And it's a raft of questions, but it does boil down to, are you promoting British culture is how they sum it up. And this can be either through the game's content itself, such as setting, locations, language it's written in, and it can be partly down to where your team's located. So is your head, a head producer in the UK? Is your main writer in the UK? Um, when do I do it, James? So, that's the exact same as the R&D scheme. It's done after your year end. The certificate can be applied for at any time. It's just important that it's in place before the claim is submitted to HMRC. Otherwise, they just won't even look at it. They will just bounce it straight back. Okay, and how long does it take? It's usually three to four weeks, depending on how many questions they have to ask. Uh, the claim itself, HMRC doesn't actually specify, but it's... Around 28 days usually, which is their st- really the standard time for most of these reliefs. Okay, and what are the things to really watch out for? So the main thing to watch out for is, and this is mainly for where you've got the game split off into a separate company, the company that is m- developing the game has to be responsible for everything, basically. It has to be negotiating the contracts, it has to be incurring the costs, uh, and it has to be making the key decisions. Um it can, of course, subcontract itself up to the parent company, but it's just key that that makes the decision, otherwise it's going to have trouble claiming. So it's an important point. Video games and films, they're all funded. They're quite often funded by a publisher or funded by a third party. So the difference with a video game is I might be the company producing it, but someone might be giving me all the money to pay for it. I might be invoicing another company who give me a million pounds and then I develop the game. That would make me eligible because I'm the one most closely associated doing most of the work. The publisher's just funding it. That's very different from R&D relief. R&D, if, if, if I'm invoicing my R&D to someone else on a cost places, you can't claim it. They can claim it. You can't claim it. With the one with the one exception, which is an important one, if you are a UK company and you conduct any sort of R&D for a company outside of the UK or technically outside of corporation tax, then you can claim. So something people don't realize is they've got a team in the UK doing a bit of R&D, but you know, they're charging it all to America where the, it's all owned. They can actually claim R&D on that example in the UK under that 10% rate. Okay, I think we've covered VGTR and we have covered R&D. So we are at the end of this Ori Clark audio 
quick guide. And if you want to find out more about anything we've just been talking about, you can find more information in the resource library section at auriclark.com. And if you can't find what you need, then email us at contact at auriclark.com and one of our experts will get back to you and tell you everything you need to know. Until the next programme, from me, Dominic Frisby, from Andrew Ori, and from James Pleece, cheerio. Cheerio.